0: So
1: this is her dark night of the soul, where she's like, no, I've decided that I hate all of these things, but also I'm really happy to sleep on pillows.
0: This is the last temptation of Erebus.
1: Welcome to Chronically Narnia, a podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Chronicles of Narnia chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing The Horse and His Boy, Chapter 7, titled Erebus in Tashban. And I, of course, am old Exartha. I'm dead, so it's going to be a pretty quiet podcast. And uh, I'm also known as Kristen. And uh, this is my co-host.
0: I'm a bath of asses, milk.
1: I knew you were going <laughs> to do that one. I, I actually wrote that one down because I was like, this is what Chris is going to do.
0: <laughs> also, also known as Chris.
1: It is exactly what I, I knew you were going to do it, too. I read it like three times. And I was like, yep, that's going to be Chris's uh, title. Uh-huh. Either you were going to be the bath or you were going to be in a bath. <laughs> uh so all right
0: you know me too well i do we've been married too long
1: too terribly long
0: yep <laughs> anyway welcome to another podcast Kristen. we just uh had Thanks. a delightful breakfast
1: y- yeah but it doesn't matter because cause people might listen to this podcast at one in the morning
0: yeah i'm just i'm just saying i we're also doing... had
1: a delightful creme brulee
0: yeah we're, we're, we're just <laughs> i'm just trying to make conversation you make yeah. that so hard I'm trying to connect to our listeners. Don't tell people
1: we're recording in the morning. They know we don't do a good job recording in the morning.
0: You know what? I had a delicious little soft shell crab, and I'm happy about it. And I want to share that with the world. Sorry that you (laughs) feel poorly about that. Um, Anyway, so...
1: Don't time-bound this episode.
0: (laughs) So we're talking about Chapter 7 today.
1: Chapter we, 7. We
0: figure out why Erebus isn't at the tombs with the horses.
1: Why not? And, and why the horses are at
0: the tombs what kind of, at all. What kind of trouble that she got into. Uh,
1: trouble.
0: Yeah. Knew that girl was trouble. Uh, anyway, let's jump right into it since we're, you know, have kind of a time constraint this morning. Uh, why don't we go ahead and do our summaries?
1: All right. So when we read the chapters... We summarize them. We pull about five sentences out of the chapter each in an attempt to summarize the plot of the chapter. And using the, the chapter's own words, we like to try to challenge ourselves. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and go first because I didn't actually order my sentences yet. I forgot that I haven't put them I've written them all down, I just haven't
0: decided on a firm order. You were just too distracted with those potatoes you had.
1: They were so good.
0: (sighs) They were good potatoes. Anyway, so here are my sentences. When Erevith saw Shasta hurried away by the Narnians and found herself alone with two horses who, very wisely, wouldn't say a word, she never lost her head even for a moment. Without a second's delay, Erebus let go of the horses, caught the edge of the litter, swung herself up beside Lassaraline, and whispered furiously in her ear. In the end, however, Erebus managed to make her friend believe she was in earnest and even discuss plans. They went in, drew the door softly behind them, and found themselves in pitch darkness. But my poor nerves! And then came the most terrible noise they could have heard at that moment. The noise of the door opening.
1: Ooh. <sighs> okay, all right, all right. Mm hmm. So.
0: Have you ordered your sentences yet, or do I need to buy time and, you know? chat about the weather i
1: have ordered my sentences it's
0: supposed to be really hot today
1: it is supposed to be really hot today
0: (laughs) 95 degrees and
1: you want to take away the car my one escape to freedom Mm -hmm. all right (sighs) so here we go Mm
0: -hmm.
1: thank you for reading yours i think we only share one sentence in common oh um i do like the way that you left that on a like the door
0: opened. Mm-hmm. A little cliffhanger Yeah, thing.
1: I like that. I was much less um, clever with my pacing. Mm. So here's my sentences. Go for it. But before she could take a step, another crier, bother all these people, thought Erebus, was shouting out, way, 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 way for the Tarquina Lassarine.
0: or what Yes, there's another syllable in there.
1: Way for the Tarkina, La Saraline. And immediately following the crier came four armed slaves and then four bearers carrying a litter, which was all a flutter with silken curtains and all a jingle with silver bells and which scented the whole street with perfume and flowers. Without a second's delay, Erebus let go of the horses, caught the edge of the litter, swung herself up besides La Saraline and whispered furiously in her ear, there is only one way of getting out of the city without using the gate. Erevis felt Lasarline grip her arm, that sort of sudden grip which is almost a pinch and which means that the person who is gripping you is very frightened indeed. As soon as all three had entered the room and the door was shut, the Tisroch seated himself on the di- divan with a sigh of contentment. The young man took his place standing before him, and the Grand Vizier got down on his knees and elbows and laid his face flat on the carpet. So I didn't quite... Um... I feel
0: like you have six sentences there.
1: No. No, no. The first one and the last one were both just really long sentences. Oh, okay. That's the first one. That's the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I don't feel like I did a great job of, like, communicating the peril, because if I had had a sixth sentence, it would have been, there was just room between the sofa and the curtained wall, and the two girls got down in order to, like, make that room. Yeah. I could have done that instead of that there was only one way of getting out of the city without using the gate, but I don't know. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so, let's get into the chapter a little bit, shall we? Right. Um, this one is...
1: Not a lot happens in this chapter because it's just like my my plot summary was just like six words.
0: Yeah.
1: Lasaraline recognizes Erebus plans trapped question mark. That was that was my like plot summary as I because I always try to write down a plot summary in order to make sure I'm getting sentences that support what I feel like the main points of the chapter are. Yeah. So my yeah, my plot summary on this one was six words.
0: Yeah. So let's, uh, I guess, start by talking a little bit about the uh, difference in responses that we've had between Shasta and Erebus to this situation. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, you know, last last chapter we had, you know, not necessarily Shasta among the tombs, but the one before that, Prince Corin. We have Shasta's viewpoint of everything that happens in the city and his responses. And in this one we have Erebus, and I feel like the way they, re- they react to things uh, and the way they go about, uh, you know, this escape is quite different. Hmm. Um. And I, I feel like we gotta give props to Erebus here because, like, I feel like she's very capable in this chapter.
1: Yeah, except that <laughs> she could have convinced La-, La Saraline to let her dress as a slave and have the same slave that escorted the two horses out to the tombs take Erebus with them. Yeah. She could have disguised herself as a slave, going with the other slave to take the horses out to the tombs, and then the slave could have walked back in by himself.
0: Wasn't there, like, a chaptery reason, like, a, a plot reason why they couldn't?
1: There was. It was that she might be recognized or whatever, but there's yeah. no reason whatsoever. She still gets disguised as a slave, wearing a veil, which she probably could have done. Mm-hmm. With it, it, like, if... If a slave can walk out of the city carrying two, taking two horses out to the tombs, Erevis could have dressed up and gone
0: all. But that's a male slave.
1: You know, I mean, but it's... like she could have worn a veil and ridden on one or something. Like mm-hmm. there, there could have been a way to disguise her and get her out of the city if they could get the horses out.
0: But we had to, like, come up with some sort of plot reason for her to be down in this room where, like, all the things come together because the Force wills it.
1: Which um. is probably going <laughs> to give us the other side of the story for the Narnian thing. Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out timeline-wise. The Narnians decided that they were going to host a feast on their ship
0: yeah.
1: this night. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But
1: That they're trying to escape, right? I don't feel
0: like this is the feast they're talking about in the chapter, though.
1: No, no, no. Because the feast that... Okay, so here's what... Shasta goes with the Narnians. Erebus goes with Lassarline. Mm-hmm. Shasta hears the Narnians talk about wanting to plan the feast for the next day. So that they could have all of the next day to hire all of their dancers and entertainers and set up the big show, right? Yeah. And so, and to load up the ship. Uh Uh-huh. Am I, like, am I thinking of this correctly? Because the feast would then be not the one that Saraline leaves Erebus to go to, because Saraline leaves Erebus and she's like, thank goodness that you're gone and your tittering is away. (laughs) But then the next day, because that would then be the night that Shasta sent alone at the tombs. Yeah. So Shasta sleeping alone at the tombs while Erebus is thankful that uh, Lasarlene is gone. Mm-hmm. And then all day, she sends the horses out. He sees the horses. And that night is when they are trying to get out. That night would have been the night the Narnian feast was hosted. Mm-hmm. So we are either about to hear the Tisroc talk to his son about how the Narnians got away. Mm-hmm. Or how the Narnians are planning to get away because they haven't gone on to the ship yet Mm -hmm. so we are we are about to hear i'm sure the tisrock his son and the grand vizier also erebus's betrothed um either talking about susan being weird about not accepting the uh proposal
0: Mm -hmm. or
1: about how the narnians just tried to escape and they're going to pursue them
0: yeah We'll see I mean we're not talking about the next chapter so let's talk about this one <laughs> well I'm just um, but... trying to I'm just
1: trying to make sure that we've got our timeline down correctly yeah the because timelines. Cause this is shasta's planning to 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 leave the tombs tonight mm-hmm But the horses have shown up.
0: Yeah. It's like timeline is very difficult because we don't really, it doesn't really get into like how many days have passed or how much time it all, it seems like this all happens within about the span of a day and a half, two days. They
1: tell us exactly how many days it's been since they got into Toshan because, because they talk about each night. Like you just have to keep track of each night.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe I don't read comprehension well. I don't read comprehension. No, Um, no, no. no. (laughs)
1: It's, no, like, that's why I'm trying, because it is confusing to try to figure out where Shasta, while this is happening with Erebus, how come this much time is passing for, like, Erebus spends an entire day being like, well, we could, and she doesn't just leave the way that she had originally planned to leave. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why didn't you just leave the way you originally planned
0: to leave? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, it, it it makes no difference if you walk out with Wynne while you're disguised as a slave or if you and Shasta walk out with Wynne and Brie mm-hmm. like you had originally planned to. Like, she spent an entire day sitting on a pillow in La Sarline's rooms because she wanted to? Like... hmm because she thought LaSarlene was reliable enough to get her out a different way.
0: I mean, they're old friends.
1: Yeah, but she's trying to not go out the city gate. Yeah. Like, LaSarlene is trying to get her out a different way without using the city gate. Because Erevis is, like, convinced that now that her father's in town, she's going to get caught.
0: Yeah. You seem very frustrated by this. I'm chapter.
1: very frustrated <laughs> by the fact that she didn't just walk out of the city.
0: Yeah. Uh well let's let's talk about LaSarlene a little bit because we meet a new character in this chapter. Yes. We said her name several times, probably the wrong way. Uh but this is a character who is uh kind of a foil or uh you know, in opposition to Erebus as a character.
1: Yes. This um, is the one who like likes her her dolls and her pretty jewelry and her
0: yeah, is is it's a girly girl. It's yeah. like a girl who's into girl things and dresses and like you know talk of engagements and parties and all Her these kind of things. Her litter with
1: silken curtains a flutter and uh-huh. silver bells a jingle.
0: huh. You just really wanted to use the word a jingle, which is why you put that sentence in. Didn't yes,
1: you? I like to flutter and a jingle. <laughs> you
0: Should have introduced yourself that way. I'm a flutter and a jingle. Ooh. <laughs> um. Anyway, I feel like there's a lot of uh kind of judgment here where this is like. Blossarline is painted in such a way where like she's dumb. Yeah, oh yeah, she, she's that she, dumb she's, girl who likes girl things. She's dumb and ditzy and like I feel like this is Lewis just passing judgment on what a woman should be.
1: <laughs> See, but at the same time, it's very much like I think that I think that he's giving I think he's giving permission to little girls to think that girl things are dumb. Yeah. Because this woman is a Blossarline is absolutely like a girl's girl. And, like, that's okay. Like, you can do that. That can be what you want to be and what you want to do. And you can take pride in the fact that, like, she's got good points about their culture. Like, it would have been really, really, really good for Erebus to marry the person who's becoming the Grand Vizier. Like, this guy's really up and coming. And she would have been really well off and well cared for. huh Like... You even get to see how well cared for Lasarlene is. She gets to have no cares in the world. And, like, this is Erebus coming face-to-face with the reality of everything she is actually giving up. Mm -hmm. So this is her Dark night of the Soul, where she's like, No, I've decided that I hate all of these things, but also I'm really happy to sleep on pillows.
0: This is the last temptation of Erebus.
1: I think it might be. (laughs) Like, I honestly think that it might be. I think that, you know, we had Shasta face the... The tombs as this like revelatory character thing. And mm-hmm. this is this is Erevis's chance to give up on this. Like her proposed husband is there, her father is there, her friend is there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: trying to convince her all of them, like all of them would be, but her friend is trying to convince her that she doesn't want to give up this life. Uh-huh. And like she's saying, Why would you go with a peasant boy? Why would you go to Narnia? Like, she even says, like
0: when we get there, I'll be nobody just like him.
1: Well, yes, that's what Erebus is, says. But <laughs> L- Lasaraline wanted to go, um, was telling Erebus that Narnia was a country of perpetual snow and ice inhabited by demons and sorcerers. And, sh- and that Erebus was mad to think of going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like Lasaraline, like this is the test of Erebus's resolve. Mm -hmm. I guess like that's what this feels like because it was easy enough for Erebus to run away when she because like Erebus's first response to her life of potential marriage to this man was suicide yeah and then when Hwin stopped her and stepped in she Erebus decided to run away to Narnia mm-hmm. because this was the only other option given to her. Uh-huh. But now, like she's actually seen what her life would be like with these parties and this, yeah. the, the gems and the pillows and the slaves and being able to well care for the horses and the best stables and all of this. Uh huh. And Lasarlene's telling her all of the terrible things about the place she's trying to run away to. So I think, yeah, I mean, it's a test of Erebus's resolve, but I think the fact that Erebus doesn't just continue on out of the city yeah. in the original plan, I think a lot of that is her resolve wavering or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just reading something <laughs> into it that I I want to see in Erebus. But, like...
0: Yeah. So, like, know. the the test of both of our main characters is a test against, you know, selfishness, basically, where, you know, Shasta goes to the tombs, he's alone, he's just like, hey, I could go on without them, like, it would be safer, like, I could go on, cross the desert, like, get away from the city, and he has to face that and be like, no, I'm waiting here, I'm facing whatever's in the tombs, I'm facing getting caught to wait here for the rest of the party, and he has to not be selfish, and then Erebus here in this chapter has to say, "Oh, I'm giving up all of these like great and luxurious things I could have because I made a promise and mm-hmm. I told them I'd go." Maybe. And they're both It you know, may be
1: a parallel yeah. kind of mm-hmm. battle, but also at the same time, Shasta did decide to go on by himself. The only mm-hmm. reason that he's not left yet is because when And Bree showed up. Yeah. And we don't know what's happened in that situation yet.
0: Maybe we'll find out next chapter. Maybe we won't.
1: I don't know. The next <laughs> chapter is titled In the House of the Tisrock. Yeah, but it's, so. the list
0: that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Ugh, chapter titles don't matter. Um. So, yeah, we, we meet LaSarlene, very, like, ditzy, uh, you know, would-be blonde if she was white, probably, character. Uh Wow. Wow. <laughs> Just passing judgment on all blonde people uh for those who don't know listening to the podcast Kristen is not blonde just making <laughs> m- making sure that uh we we cover that base um and so they come up with this plan like she talks to La arlene love the fact she has a pet monkey by the way it's great um
1: erifus doesn't yeah. erifus is over that monkey like the moment she sees it
0: yeah um, and, you know, we hear the gossip, and we talk about, like, what's going on in the city a little bit, and we, you know, we like, we hear news and things going on, and we come up with a plan, like, as you said, as convoluted as it is, to get Erebus out of the city, like, yeah. well, Saralene is uh, eventually able to be convinced, and we have this whole thing where it's just like, alright, we gotta go through the gardens of the Tisrock, which is apparently the only, like, inconspicuous way to get out of Tashban.
1: Apparently. Which, yeah,
0: is to go through the gardens, and there's some sort of little water door, whatever that is. Oh, yeah, I don't uh, know what water <laughs> door is either. That goes to the river. You know, is that like a door for the fish? Like, when the fish have important business in the city, they're just coming through the water door. Who knows? Um,
1: <sighs> I'm picturing little fish with, like, briefcases and <laughs> carrying each other on litters. <laughs> uh
0: huh. It's a, it's a whole other world beneath the sea, or beneath the river. Um, and yeah, we, we come into this, uh, sorry, I'm just blanking because I'm trying to come up with something to say about this chapter because I feel like, like you said, not a lot happens.
1: Yeah, no, seriously, like not a lot happens in this chapter. It's a really, really short chapter, but I do think that we've put Erebus into a very interesting position because now her husband-to-be has basically been promoted Mm -hmm. So like the offerings of marriage to him have become higher, but also like he's now like in the house of the Tisrock, like it is the, it is literally like the most dangerous way for them to try to get out, to go through the Tisrock's garden. Like,
0: yeah,
1: why, like, is there something symbolic about this? That is, like, being used in, in Lewis's heavy-handed metaphorical way.
0: hmm You gotta, you know, go to go through the valley of the shadow of death to, uh...
1: I mean, like, out. she's literally having to go through the Tisrocks' house in order to get out. Yeah. And she will have to go past this Grand Vizier.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's possibly symbolic, again, of temptation, like, going through, like the the Tisrox garden is like the height of luxury like this is like the epitome of what it is to be royalty and to be like a respected person in the society and going through that in a very physical way uh it could also you know be an allusion to maybe the garden of gethsemane um hmm. you know and her facing her fate in the garden and you know her her life is basically over once she goes through it
1: yeah, and that she's that, she becomes, that yeah. this is literally everything she's giving up to go to Narnia.
0: Yeah, she's giving up her whole life. Basically, she is she is dying in a sense.
1: That's true.
0: Uh-huh. And as
1: she said, that like this is nothing. Like this is her death. This is her suicide.
0: Yeah, basically. So there could be that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, like if we can go outside the chapter for a second and talk about other literature.
1: Unacceptable. Okay.
0: Uh, I haven't made a House of Leaves reference in a long time. No. Um, <laughs> We're not going there. However.
1: But this is her going into the hallway.
0: I am bothered by uh, stories that are, I guess, so reliant on uh, happenstance or, you know, fate or twists of coincidence or things like that. Uh, I know there's a, there's a more specific word for what I'm trying to get across here.
1: Oh, like, but, La Sarlene is just this deus ex, maybe?
0: Yeah, like the deus ex of La Sarlene coming in, like, that, that comes together. See, but and,
1: the moment their eyes met, yeah. Lewis says, it was fatal.
0: It was fatal. Um, and we also have Erephus' father, who is currently in the city, and her husband-to-be, who is currently in the city, and like we, you know, they just so happen on the their their escape out through the gardens. They happen to hide in a room that is occupied by all these people and the Tisrock and her husband. And like,
1: well, it's, and Shasta just happens yeah. to look like Prince Corin and happens to have been brought in and happens to hear the plans of the Narnians. And so,
0: yeah, and I feel like it's all very, like, yeah, some of this stuff has to happen for there to be plot, but it's also all very like hand wavy and it relies on a crutch like if you if you go through and look at any of the star wars stories and movies or books or whatever like you have so many things that are you know not just coincidence that happen that put major players in the same place at the same time yeah and it's, you know, it's all like, oh, hey, we're going to wave that away and say it's the force making this happen and the force wills, you know, things to happen in a certain way.
1: Well, maybe all of this is Aslan. Yeah,
0: and that's what I'm saying. Like, here you have to have the crutch of being like, oh, and yeah, there's this godlike figure who is in the background, possibly pulling strings and making all this happen.
1: Maybe it's really not a monkey. Maybe it's actually a cat and it's mm. Aslan.
0: And I feel like I don't want to make a sweeping statement and say, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not a monkey. Um, <laughs> I don't want to make a sleepy, uh, a sleepy statement. A sleepy a sw- statement. A sweeping statement and say that it's lazy writing because it happens so much. I think it's easy writing. And I think a lot of stories which...
1: Well, I mean, there's there's so many stories that can't happen without yeah. this kind of, And, like, the amount of extra effort to explain things. Like... Yeah. You do... Like... Aravis sent a letter to her father that said that the grand vizier basically kidnapped her and married her. Yeah. And then the grand the, the guy became grand vizier. So if if Aravis's father still hasn't talked to him, Tashban would be the most logical place for him because he did just get promoted and Aravis's father might be coming to to deliver the dowry or whatever.
0: Yeah. I I think what bothers me about it is that it's really easy to slip into uh your characters not becoming their own people and not becoming you know having free agency and rather just being basically set pieces that get moved around
1: i mean but that's what luke skywalker is (sighs) for the entire first film at least he is just someone who Happens to be in the middle of this. And we're seeing it through his eyes. That's a storytelling mode. Yeah. That is a way of telling a story for the reader. To be able to be there with a character. Who's caught up in events that are bigger than them. And like that. That is a valid storytelling mode. I mean it's different from what we've seen in. um, I was going to say it's different from what we've seen in the other two books. But like in The Magician's Nephew. We have. Um, a, a kidnapping force that has forced the children into a situation, and then the children take an active role in what they do. They explore and things like that, and they cause mayhem and mayhem. Bring, may, bring the witch back to the world and stuff like that. Yeah, and are then they're just standing there watching Narnia be created because it's the position they put themselves in when they jumped into the pool. Yeah, We then also have, like, the idea uh, in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe of curious exploring children having a door that only sometimes works. Uh-huh. And so sometimes they can get somewhere and sometimes they can't. But once they get there, they're kind of just dragged, like, they make the decision to do the right thing for Mr. Tumnus. Mm-hmm. And they are then dragged along by that decision. So this isn't like it's something that... um. Lewis is relying on. Yeah. This is this is the first of these stories that we've read that has completely got us. You know, we have yeah, I'm but I mean, we also have Shasta made the decision to go on this adventure with Bree, and now we have just got this um, situation they stumbled into. Yeah, like
0: yeah, like I fully acknowledge like some of that has to happen. I just feel like. You know, at times you could do small tweaks to make it seem like more of a you know an active choice by the characters. Like, you know, you could have Erebus in the city, hearing somebody talk about you know the Tarkina Larsarline coming in and her deciding to go seek her out because you know she's an old friend. She's like, yeah, All right, but this is why an would
1: Erebus seek out Larsarline? She's ditzy and frustrating <laughs> and annoying and an example of everything Erebus doesn't want to be. Yeah, like she. W- like, Erevis remembers immediately why she doesn't like Lassaraline.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, I like it. I really like stories and plot lines that kind of play around with this idea a little bit of, like, you know, fate not being such an ever-present thing.
1: Oh, but see, huh. it was fatal. It wasn't <laughs> deadly. It was fate. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, I always feel like a dork for saying this, but one of my favorite movies of all time is The Fifth Element. Uh, which is a weird old French movie from the 90s.
1: Multipasse!
0: Yeah, Um, that I'm sure a lot of you have seen. But one of the reasons it is one of my favorite films ever is because of what it does with plot structure. And like, for instance, in that film, the protagonist and the antagonist never meet each other. They're never in a scene together. They never have a conversation. They never meet and are only vaguely aware of each other's existence. And I think that's such a fun way to tell a story. Is that you have somebody working for some something and somebody working against something, but they are never in conflict directly, mm-hmm. and like things like that, where you know you can have action happen and you can have plot happen without everybody being in the same room.
1: Okay. Yeah. No. 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 <sighs> I I agree with you there that there are some mm-hmm. some fun options to take with that kind of thing. I'd like to know your thoughts on if there's a pro or sorry an antagonist in this story. And if so, who or what is it? Because our main characters, Shasta and Bree. Mm-hmm. Erebus, we could argue, has an antagonist.
0: I feel like at this point uh, in the storyline, our main characters have become Shasta and Erebus, and they are co protagonists, and Bree has become a background character.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which is really frustrating for me trying to do my rewrites. Spoilers. <laughs> because I was trying to make. Uh, you know, Brie, a main character in this book. And I was like, this is going to be pretty easy. Like, I just want to tweak Brie's character a bit and, you know, make Shasta and Brie protagonists if they aren't already. And then Brie just disappears and he hasn't been in three chapters besides like a couple throwaway lines. Uh And so I'm just like, this has become very difficult and frustrating and I hate the decision that I made to do it. (laughs) And yeah, um, may not do this next book. But yeah, it's really about Shasta and Erebus because, you know, Every book we have to have two protagonist children. at like least. Like that's you know, that's that's the thing.
1: At least, yeah. Um, Every single book has at least yeah, two protagonist yeah.
0: children. Um but going back to Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, I feel like, you know, we have very clear protagonists. Uh if I wanted to really narrow it down, I would say the protagonist of that one is Lucy.
1: I'm not asking who the protagonist of this book is. No. who or what is the antagonist
0: I know so i know, this is my thought process okay. we're working through okay uh, <laughs> I'm sorry like, did
1: you misunderstand the question
0: no um I, I, I need to I need to go down a road to get there um so we have the protagonist is Lucy and I would say mostly the antagonist for at least the first part of the of line which Lord was Edmund and there's just this I don't know. I mean, There's it's this, the this, White this, Witch. This, 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 like, yeah. Edmund
1: is influenced with by the White Witch, but yeah. the antagonist is the White Witch. Yeah. The reason that they stay in Narnia is to help Tumnus from the White Witch.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, Edmund isn't revealed to be a traitor until further in, and it's only like three chapters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was just—I was trying to say something interesting. You can cut all that out because I feel like I'm rambling about no, no, nonsense. No, no, I just want—like, um, I understand
1: <clears throat> that you're trying to draw some structural parallels, where you're yeah. like, okay, we have a kid who's an antagonist. We yeah. have Uncle Andrew who's an antagonist. Yeah. And like, but like, what's the antagonist? Because like,
0: I guess that's the thing that uh, Erevis
1: has an antagonist: her father and the Grand Vizier and. But really, they both just symbolize, like, this kind of ostentatious lifestyle that takes away some of her rights. So it's freedom that she wants, and it's, but like, what is Shasta's antagonist? Well,
0: I feel like the antagonist here, at least so far, is, you know, Callerman. Like, it is the entire culture, it's the whole country. Like, that's what they're both fighting against in this idea of, like, the lack of agency and slavery and, you know, no hope and all this stuff. It's, like, general atmosphere and the general culture of where they are.
1: Janarnia in the North. Yeah. But then what you're doing, once again, is vilifying and demonizing (sighs) an entire culture.
0: Which is one of the controversial aspects of this book. Like, there is... Because freedom. Yeah. Like, overall, there is not a single person there is not a single person who is the antagonist. Like, it's not the Tisroc, we just met him. Like, it's not, you know, what's-his-face Grand Vizier. Like,
1: But we've also even added in all of this political intrigue now of having brought in this Narnian royal affair. Prince with, Rabidash. Yeah, with Prince Rabidash. Like, what are we doing there? Mm-hmm. Also, apparently, Prince Rabidash is pretty fine, according to LaSarlene, but, yeah. you know.
0: yeah. But, but, you know, the Narnians men's fashion is, uh, it's better.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's a good That's question. That's
1: according to Ar- Erebus.
0: And it's, it's something that we can keep looking through th- for throughout the book. Um, from what I've read briefly in doing research and like on the <laughs> Narnia Wikipedia and spoilers, I'm vaguely aware that there is a greater antagonist later in this book. <sighs>
1: uh, <laughs> is it Prince Corin?
0: Uh, it is not Prince Corin. Okay. Sorry. Sorry for the spoilers, listeners. Uh, I would have, like, burnt the book if that was the case.
1: Because <laughs> he's your favorite
0: character my ever. my favorite character.
1: In all of Narnia. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I'm aware that there is a greater antagonist that shows up in this book and in later books.
1: Why would you read things like that? You've because never I've, read this book before. I try to,
0: because I try to do research into the background and, like, characters and, like, trying to find out more about Callerman and its society and, you know, creating a you know, legs for this podcast (laughs) to stand on. And sometimes I just read things. So I Mm. don't know.
1: Is that upsetting to you? Do you, do you mind the spoilers since it is part of research or would you rather be learning these things, reading them? No, I mean, I
0: I only know a couple of vague details and it's not like this is a book that I'm super hooked into and I'm just like, I got to find out what happens next. Like doing it for the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I'm enjoying it so much though. Um... (laughs) Anyway, uh, so yeah, we don't really have an antagonist here except time and culture, and, you know, it's a very vague concept. Um, and
1: those weird adults doing those weird adult things.
0: Yeah, and so going back through the chapter, we have uh, Lass Arlene taking Erevis, you know briefly through the not through the gardens like they trying end up trying to
1: get to the gardens but get Charlin gets lost
0: they end up in like the bowels of the palace and they're going and around all these hallways and rooms and La Sarlene doesn't really know the way and they kind of get you know not chased into a corner but like backed into a corner by like people coming and like trying to people avoid patrols people walking backwards yep.
1: carrying candles yeah. and of course people only walk backwards in front of royalty, in front of royalty. And we have Lasarlene becoming terrified because she realizes that the Tisrock is coming. And we have Erevis actively questioning why Lasarlene would be so afraid of the Tisrock if they're such good friends. That's a good
0: question. Like, is Lasarlene a liar here? Because earlier in the chapter, she does go into this whole thing about being like, oh, we're practically palace people and I'm there every night. And, you know, I know all the princes and princesses and can visit him whenever I want and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like, is she just full of it? And she's just, like, you know.
1: She might be. I mean, she might have taken this tiny bit of, of, like, freedom she felt being invited to the palace once. Mm -hmm. And then just run with it. Like, she's like, nope, I am palace people now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we don't really. We don't
1: really know anything about her husband at all. Like,
0: We also don't know, like.
1: It's been well established within this culture that like she is basically nothing without her husband and yet we know nothing about her husband.
0: Yeah, we also don't really know how old she is. Like we can assume she's around the same age as Erebus, maybe. Yeah. Like it's a you know, they were it says something like they were close like in in a similar way to if they had gone to school together, but they didn't. Yeah, they were uh, just
1: lived in some of the same houses so, and went to some of the same parties. So. Yeah, so
0: I'm just picturing Less as maybe like slightly older, like seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Yeah. Um but But she's
1: getting really known for her <laughs> silly games for and her, tricks.
0: She's a she's a jokester. Yeah. She's got those goofs. Uh so yeah, they, they kinda get back to another corner and into a dark room where they hide behind a couch and like Apparently this is a really small couch because like a twelve year old can't fit behind it, all the way. Uh, two, two. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm. I'm just saying. Like I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out a way that we both in a situation could not both hide behind a couch successfully.
1: I mean, and I'm, I'm like, actively looking at a love seat that we could both yeah, hide. Yeah, both easily,
0: and we're f- like grown adults. Yeah, and so I'm trying. Like this is more like a chair situation. <laughs> yeah,
1: it probably is. Um. The Tisrock sits down on it, and it's described as a a divan, a -A D-I-V-A-N. Yeah. Can you look that up real quick for me and tell me what that is? I I
0: can, in fact. Okay. Okay. So a divan is kind of like a daybed, like a little, like one of those type things.
1: Okay, so it's more like kind of a a chaise lounge. Yes, a kind chaise of lounge, thing. a daybed. Like. Maybe a, maybe the kind of thing you're picturing when you think of going to a psychologist.
0: Yeah, that. So there you go. That's the best way to describe it.
1: So yeah, that makes sense that they could only one of them could hide behind it effectively with these kind of designs that I'm looking at. Yeah, but,
0: very low backed.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no back at all. Just some armrests are also options. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm looking at lots of different images here, and it's a wide range of styles, but yeah. it does make sense that they they might have a trouble hiding behind two two people behind it. Yeah.
0: As an aside, this is one of those things on the list uh, of like things that Chris wants that would make him feel like he made it in life.
1: Oh, having a having a little sofa yeah, like yeah, that, having and a having a little reclining lounge, lounge, a, lounge yeah, chair, just,
0: just having the room for that kind of useless piece of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if whenever we get there, I'll feel like, you know, we're successful. Yeah. Uh, when,
1: you, when you feel like you can have one of these useless chairs and shop at Whole Foods for all groceries without concern.
0: Yeah. With the money <laughs> we're raking in from this podcast any day now, really.
1: <laughs> this is what means you've made it in mm-hmm. life. <laughs> this is all you want. Out of so,
0: life. So, yeah, they're hiding behind this thing. Not very well. Like, Les Lane's not being helpful here, and she's, like, pinching and shoving and being scared for her own life. And, she's like, not also really.
1: not doing the thing, like, if, if Erevis gets caught, I'm caught. Yeah. Like, she's not registering this in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. And, yeah.
0: Uh, and then we end the chapter with three figures walking in, and we have the Tissrot coming in, who's an old fat man who apparently one of the jewels he's wearing on his robe is worth more than the entire, like, entourage of equipment the Narnians brought with him. Yep. Like, this incredible display of opulence.
1: And Erebus thinks that he looks kind of silly and actually, like, acknowledges uh-huh. that this kind of wealth. And she's like, no, the Narnian lords were kind of better looking with this kind, of, like, I'd rather be like them.
0: Yeah. And so we have the Tisrock coming in, we have a man who we don't name. We just have a guy a younger guy coming in with an ivory handled scimitar and like also but, looks yeah, fancy. A
1: young man uh who stood before him. Which if he, it's someone who's standing before the Tisrock, it's probably someone probably Prince Rabbit Ash.
0: Probably. We can we, assume.
1: We can guess. But it's probably a prince or someone of, of a much higher standing than even the Grand Vizier, because the Grand Vizier, which is, of course, uh, Erebus' betrothed, yeah. is down on his knees and elbows with his face flat on the carpet. Yep,
0: yeah. in a prime position to see anything that's you know, That might be behind hiding behind, yeah. Um, and that's where we stop, and we're going to, you know, next chapter we're going to talk about what, what meeting they're having, because this is, like, some sort of secret meeting. Ooh. Mm-hmm, because we... We established that the slaves that are coming in are deaf and dumb. Yes. I don't know how they know that, but they they were just assuming that, but they, they are apparently only used for the most private and clandestine meetings. Yeah. So there's they're, they're talking about some some secret plots here.
1: Which is why I think that it has to do with the Narnians. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, what does the Grand Vizier do? Like, what is... <laughs> I don't know. What would, what, what, like why is he in this meeting like that's that's my question
1: no idea yeah. i mean it i don't know i don't know what a tis rock does like
0: <laughs> well i mean he's you know the emperor the you know, king grand poobah whatever you want to call him but like the, yeah
1: the grand vizier is just someone who can come in and bow before him he's a,
0: he's a yes man i don't know don't know yes test rock may you live forever
1: but old exartha <laughs> was the previous grand vizier and then he died so
0: yeah don't know hardly knew him yeah um, <laughs> all well, right that's it me yeah. um is there anything else we want to get into there's there's one thing i do want to mention here that um because we can't get away without doing a little bit of lewis bashing and talking about this chapter has made me appreciate more of the book like i feel like there is a lot of symbolism here i feel like there's a lot to be said like we did for the temptations of shasta and Erebus and their development as characters like the character development in this book has gone much much better than any of the previous ones the other two we've read i feel like yep like in the last one we had edmund get a redemption story but i feel like that's just a a heel turn in a moment and that's not real character development and none of the other kids really get anywhere Like here, we have characters who are actually growing and changing and realizing things about themselves. And it's very much a coming-of-age story, uh, which I think are fun, and I like a lot of them. So I'm appreciating that. And also in this chapter, Lewis not once jumps in and breaks the fourth wall. So good job. Kudos. However, there is this one line that I really just had an issue with, and I'll read it here. Alright, darling, said Lazar in her lazy voice. Here. Two of you take the Tarquina's horses. Parentheses. This was to the slaves. And this just bothered me so much. Because <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I've I've never read it. you a...
1: just looking for no, stuff no, 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 to be no, no, mad no. at now.
0: No, I'm not looking for stuff to be mad at. Like I it's just there's so many ways to do that that don't involve you just jumping in and being like, oh no, the the character was talking to these two other characters. Like, there's so many ways to write that that don't involve you, like, spelling it out.
1: I mean, you and also I... <laughs> didn't have to say anything at all. She's obviously not talking to Erebus yes. when she starts the sentence yeah. with the two of you. Like, yeah. you didn't
0: even have to make that a point.
1: Okay, but, like, did it remove <laughs> you from the story?
0: It did not. I just, I just, it's just an example of, like, I I have read m- more of Lewis's literature. I know he knows how to write things and effectively communicate ideas. And so when he does things like this, I'm just like, what are you thinking, Clive? <laughs> like yeah Jack. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> are we are we that close with him? I don't know. Uh yeah. So that was my that was my one big gripe with this chapter was that line. Uh and you know, yours was about the entire plot, but oh well. <laughs> Did we cover everything?
1: I think so. So I think it's time for us to go ahead and go into our rewrites. Yeah. When we um do this uh, with our chapters as we dis- as we read them. We also pull five sentences out of the chapter and try to rewrite a new story with the chapter's words. Um, I have some stuff I want to discuss that mine brings out for me. Okay. Um,
0: Would you like me to go first?
1: But either way, you are taking this yeah. and attempting, as you referenced earlier, yeah. to write a continuous new story. Yeah um which
0: i don't have a discussion about it it's just the story that i'm continuing to write so i'll do my first you can you can discuss you're
1: gonna read your last week's five sentences as well as this week's five sentences
0: correct (laughs) um anyway so here's last week now that shasta knew he would have to spend the night alone it was getting darker every minute he began to like the look of this place less and less He was wakened suddenly by a noise he had never heard before. Then his heart gave a great leap, for he recognized them as Bree and Huen. A dozen different plans went through his head, all wretched ones, and at last he fixed on the worst plan of all. It's just the sort of thing that Erebus would do. And so now we're switching to an Erebus perspective I know crazy. like. What? Uh, You know, I couldn't talk about Shatz's perspective in this chapter very effectively. But here is this week's. And Erebus couldn't help looking up to see what Lassaralene looked like now that she was married and a very great person indeed. I hope no one heard you when you shouted out to me like that, said Erebus. They gave it up and lay still, panting a little. Is it safe? Said Erebus at last, in the tiniest possible whisper. It was fatal.
1: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You used two of the same sentences I used in my rewrite. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: I try not to do that. All right. But here's, go ahead.
1: Here's my my uh, hashtag Narnia chopped and screwed. Mm-hmm. We'll have to risk it. Lasarline wanted to go back on the whole arrangement and kept on telling Erebus that Narnia was a country of perpetual snow and ice inhabited by demons and sorcerers, and she was mad to think of going there. Is it safe? said Erebus at last in the tiniest possible whisper. You must hide me. It was fatal.
0: Just stealing my story ideas. No,
1: no, no it's well, a really so, good
0: line for a rewriting but,
1: a- but for me it is they're, they're both great lines is it safe and also <sighs> the fatal one Uh huh. they're both great lines for a rewrite however what I took from this was Lasaraline as the tempter Lasaraline Ooh. as the betrayer Lasaraline is the one who's saying don't, no, 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 don't go but she's the one Erebus is trusting
0: mm-hmm.
1: well I'm listening, is it safe to go to Narnia? No, you have to hide me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'll have to risk it. Yeah, And trusting Lassaline was fatal. Yeah. so I I mean, yes, I'm intending to write a different story here,
0: uh-huh. but
1: I like to take what I've read of the words in a different context, yeah, and apply it back to the story. So I don't know. I really liked what this did to. Lasarlene, and this is kind of where I got to our discussion point earlier of yeah. this being a, a, a trial for Erebus to get through.
0: Yeah. So Lasarlene is the Judas of this story. Sorry. I was going
1: to say she's Lucifer as opposed to Judas, but she might be
0: Judas. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you, you've made me look at the chapter in a whole new light. Like, Sarlene is working with Erebus' father and the Grand Vizier here. Ooh. And she's just like, oh no, come with me. I have this plan to get you out of the city. And, know, just happens to lead her through the Tisrox chambers.
1: And she's going to the... betray her with a kiss.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> into this trap. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean, obviously not because Lissaraline <laughs> La is terrified uh-huh. and is trying to convince Erevis to not go through with this plan. So uh-huh. um, obviously not in what that <laughs> chapter actually says. But like, as a concept for discussion, I think it's a, a good thing to no. to bring up.
0: I think in the next chapter, we're going to have, like, you know, just the briefest glimpse of a conversation between Lasarlene and Tumnus, and, like, it all comes together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, so <this> Lasarline is, <laughs> is
1: the Tumnus of Erebus' story, you're uh-huh. saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they These are both, like, you know. She
1: is, though. She brought in Erebus, and she gave her pillows to sleep on, and that's what <sighs> Tumnus did. Gave she her brought food. the food in.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting. Uh-huh. Lasarlene well, and Tumnus. We're going to have to keep looking for more similarities.
0: We are. Uh, so anyway, why don't we go ahead and finish out with our review segment, and this is where we go in, and I, She's you know...
1: afraid of the Tisruk, and Tumnus was working with the White Witch, and he was afraid of her.
0: Yeah. Just blowing minds wide open over here.
1: There might be a redemptive story for Lasarlene.
0: Mm-hmm. Who wow. knows? Yeah. Anyway, um, so we always end the podcast with our last segment uh, where we take the chapter and review it and just say, hey, was this a good chapter or not? Sum up. Closing thoughts. Closing arguments. And we always rate it, or at least I always rate it on a scale from one to five uh, stars, which are...
1: I was going to say tubs of
0: ass's milk,
1: um, (laughs) but... We could go with something like uh, bags of the best oats in Tosh Oh,
0: yeah. I, we didn't even mention how Bree is a total oat snob. And he's yep. just like. <laughs>
1: he's like, oh, well, if your friend's <laughs> husband is paying the, uh, the stable keeper for the best oats, he's being cheated. Because <laughs> th- these aren't the best oats.
0: <laughs> Bree's an oat connoisseur. We need to, like, dive into that subplot. <laughs> mm-hmm uh
1: bags of oats
0: bags of the best oats in best oats in tosh all right so like i said uh and i almost hate to start these off by saying oh this is a chapter where nothing happens because it's that that's half the chapters in the book and it's not different like it's not <laughs> it's not even a, a review point at this point it's just a fact about what the book is and so i can't really i don't want to say that anymore um I think the pace for,
1: for six chapters where nothing <laughs> has happened, though a whole lot has happened. Yeah,
0: a whole lot. It's just taking the chapters individually, not a lot happens. Just I don't know. Um, getting back to my train of thought. Sorry, I I <laughs> threw uh, a cow on your train you, tracks. You threw a cow on my train tracks. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, the pacing in this one was a lot better. I feel like we had action all the way through. Like we had intrigue. Like we established a new character like we did a lot of character development for erevis we had the whole temptation thing which i think is good the you know we had some 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 suspense where we you know got to go and hide and take secret passages and ends on a cliffhanger and i feel like the level of you know excitement is is kind of kept uh pretty steady throughout the chapter which it should be because you know we're trying to figure out what happened to Erebus to cause her to not be at the meeting place. Yeah. And so she obviously got into trouble, and this is the chapter where she gets into trouble. It's not boring, so that's good. Um, but I guess, she
1: also spends an entire day just waiting to go to the palace.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, which is kind of just like an echo of the thing that Shasta does, where he's just like, I'm going to sit around and be sunburned while they think I'm Prince Horan and eat jellies and ice creams. Which is the same thing happened here, basically.
1: No, he slept. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she did too.
0: She was. She said uh, she was really grateful to have like real pillows. Like yeah, she takes a nap.
1: But she slept overnight <sighs> yeah. while Shasta slept in the sand with a cat protecting him from ja- jackals.
0: Yep. Um. So anyway, yeah. Uh. The only real gripe I had with the chapter was like. A couple of moments where things could have been written better i guess like the whole plan like kristen said is kind of convoluted and like they could have done it in a much easier way but then like you, how are you gonna write a chapter like it would be a paragraph long uh so if you actually want to tell a story like concessions do have to be made i'll admit that uh but yeah overall not not a lot that i see that's wrong with it uh it's not i don't think the best chapter that we've read so far but it, it is solid, and I'm going to go ahead and give it uh, four four bags of the best oats in Tashpon.
1: I feel like that's the best rating you've given a chapter yet. No, no, you did better earlier in this book because you were really excited about the writing style of yeah. this book being better, and I absolutely agree. So four yeah. bags
0: yeah.
1: of the best oats in Tashpon? Yeah. Nice. Um, I think that this chapter did a good job. I don't agree with you about the pacing. I feel like we have, like, a day and a half of time that is just, like... And a day and a half of time passed. Um, Uh so I do disagree with you on that. Um, I do also want to know why Erebus couldn't go disguised as another... Like, even as a male slave. Like, in, um, to get her out of the city. I know... There's a degree of that that is protection of her because if if any of the other slaves knew about what was going on, like even hold on, oh, whoa
0: whoa 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 whoa, hang on, Kristen is breaking out the uh, the book again. All right, she just thought of a new plot.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just I'm gonna give my rating, and I'm gonna do it in Lassarlene's words. So. here is my, my rating of the chapter. Go for it. Sorry, Darlene. It had gone right out of my head, said LaSarlene. Here, all of you, and you doorkeeper, no one is to be let out of the house today, and anyone I catch talking about this young lady will be first beaten to death and then burned alive And after that, be kept on bread and water for six weeks there. And that is my rating of the chapter.
0: I mean, that's a very scathing review. Like, that sounds very negative compared to mine.
1: It will be beaten to death. Wow. And then burned alive. Mm -hmm. And then kept on bread and water for six
0: weeks. Whew. There. That's That's a rough one.
1: <laughs> no, I really liked this chapter a lot. Um I I don't agree with you about the pacing. I think the pacing was a struggle. Uh-huh. Um I do have an annoyance with the fact that we didn't come up with an actually like reasonable escape attempt, but I do feel like it's a very heavy-handed symbolism or forced symbolism. Yeah. Not heavy-handed, but forced symbolism in order to to face Erebus with everything she is giving up. And probably also some political intrigue and plot tie-in just to make this story have a greater weight to Mm -hmm. it because otherwise it's just two kids running away from a corrupt society to Narnia in the north. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we're trying to establish higher stakes.
0: Yeah. It does pass the Bechdel test also.
1: It does pass the Bechdel (laughs) test um, because Lasarline and Erebus do talk. They talk a lot about other people, or LaSarlene does talk a lot about other people, but they do make a plan to get out. So Uh yes, Bechdel test, second time this chapter, or this book has passed the Bechdel test. So yeah, no, I mean, I definitely give it a better review, but I just wanted to read that sentence because it's such a profoundly absurd uh, threat from LaSarlene to all of her staff. Yeah. That she's going to start by killing them, then burning them alive, and then keeping them on bread and water.
0: Yep. It's
1: like... It's
0: hardcore. Uh, anyway, you want to check this out, Kristen? Uh,
1: Sure. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, if you are interested in following us on Facebook or Instagram, we are there at Chronically Podcast. Or you can follow us on Twitter at chronically pod. Um, and then if you want to email us, you can email us at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. We would really appreciate uh, your rewrites, your thoughts, your summaries, your fan art of the back of a sofa. Yep. And um, uh, until next time, don't drug your maid.
0: And don't forget to wipe your sword. He was wakened suddenly by a noise. He was wakened suddenly by a noise he had never heard before. an oat connoisseur. We need to like dive into that subplot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Getting back to my train of thought. Sorry, I I <laughs> threw uh, a cow on your train tracks. You, you threw a cow on my train tracks.
1: Thank you guys so much for joining us today. All of y'all followers, thank you so much. Sorry, let me try that again. (laughs) Thank goodness that you're gone and your tittering is away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe I don't read comprehension well. I don't read comprehension. I don't want to make a sweeping statement and say... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Not a monkey. (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't want to make a sleepy, uh, a sleepy, statement. A, sleepy a sw- statement, a sweeping statement, and say for that kind of useless piece of furniture. <laughs> like, if whenever we get there, I'll feel like you know we're successful. Yeah. But Kristen, we didn't even talk about how like Hallermeen has the most, the, like, the best baths in the world. Like, Cal- mean baths are famous.
1: We also didn't talk about how we have Turkish delights to snack on while we're eating.
0: They weren't while named. While we're recording. They weren't named. Oh, In real life? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't do that, did we? No. Oops. Oh, well.